Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast presented by Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. Our podcast is part of the 440 Sports Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Our guest today, Andrew Allegretta. Andrew appears on the guest line that's sponsored by Sutherland and Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, please give Taylor or Russell a call. That number is 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. And with that, on to our interview with Andrew Allegretta. Andrew Allegretta joins us. Of course, you know him as part of the Vanderbilt broadcast team. Andrew, thanks for joining us today. Uh, as always, Chris, good to be here. Well, you were doing this from Hawkins Field, is that correct? Yes, sir. Let's start there, uh, and we'll see how much time is left over when we're done because we're both working on limited schedules with limited time windows today. What did you make of the two games of the Black and Gold series? Well, I think there's certainly a lot to like there. Um, I was really impressed, uh, certainly with the starting pitching at its top end, uh, really with with both days, but certainly on Friday, too. I mean, what we saw from Patrick Riley, the first four batters with his velocity to strike them out, one, two, three, four. And it's not just any lineup, right? It's Vanderbilt's lineup. So to do that, I thought was very notable. Um, certainly, Carter Holton was unique and engaging and intriguing. Of course, very much a young player from Georgia, a freshman, but... You know, and again, I don't have the context always with this stuff, but my understanding is um, the coaching staff for Vanderbilt is, is always a touch guarded to say someone's really good or that they've got the chance to be special just because it requires a lot of hard work. Uh, and that's 100 percent accurate and fair, um, whether it's been Coach Corbin, whether it's been Coach Brown, they have they have noted that Carter has something and for them to do that early on. And then for him to show what we saw on Friday night, uh, I think is notable. Uh, there was too many walks uh, in that first game, certainly from Patrick. Uh, I recognize that's something that probably Coach Brown has touched on before. Basically, Patrick's uh, potential is through the roof. He just has to make sure that he takes care of the six inches between his ears, so to speak. Um, you know, I, I thought the lineup looks really intriguing. Um, we certainly saw home runs from TJ McKenzie and Troy Leneve on Sunday. Um I think one thing that Brooks Webb has noted, and he did so on our broadcast, is there's a lot of athletes that have come in with this class, uh, whether it's Rob Gordon who can play through the middle, whether it's Diaz who can play through the middle. Um, the list goes on, but there's a lot of athletes uh, within this recruiting class, and I think you saw that for sure. And then the last spot, too, is I think it's going to be a very intriguing catching situation. And, and whatever we saw this past couple of days um, is is – you know, not indicative of what we'll see necessarily in February, but Dominic Keegan certainly has some control behind home plate. And I get the sense that there's just from talking to people, this is not just me making stuff up from talking to people. There's a, there's a comfort level from the teammates that when, that when Dom is back there, um, they trust him. And, and when, um, Jack Bulger is back there, there's a, there's a trust there for him. Uh, but it's going to be a, a fluid, um, catching situation. So that's a long rambling answer for you, Chris. Uh, but, but trying to go 30,000 foot right off the top. I, I think that's where my brain starts. 
No, that's all good. And there's a lot of things in there to dive into. I will start with Patrick Riley. And the walks were concerning. He had four in three and two-thirds innings if my scorebook is right. But he also struck out seven. As you mentioned, he struck out the first four batters of the game. And it was with a fastball that just looked like you know, major league stuff right now kind of thing. It seemed to have a little hop on it at the end. Uh, hitters couldn't get on top of it. And then the part that happened last year that we saw at times where he just couldn't throw strikes consistently and sometimes missed badly was also part of that outing. But if you want to take the good thing away if you're Vanderbilt, the Patrick Riley that was on the hill, I'm not going to say he was vintage Kumar Rocker or Jack Leiter, uh, because I don't know if he's got as many pitches as Leiter, first of all. And, and, and to put him in Rocker's category that soon would be premature. But the point is, for like there were times where he looked like that kind of pitcher, I thought. Yeah, I think what I take away, Chris, from the from the pitching staff and to echo something that Coach Corbin told us a couple of weeks ago when he was on the Commodore Hour was basically there's been seasons in which uh, he's been in the fall and not really had a good grasp on his pitching rotation. And then you get to the spring and all of a sudden a handful of people step up. And, and he referenced the 2019 squad as one of those teams. Did not exactly know where the pieces would fall. And then by the time you get to April, May, and June, it, it's a really crystallized picture. Not saying that 22 is going to be just like 19, because certainly that's not fair. Uh, having said that, um, there's pieces there, right? And, and and Patrick is certainly one of them. And if Patrick is able to take whatever necessary jumps that the coaching staff needs him to do, uh, he certainly has the potential to be, I don't know if it's that quintessential Friday guy or Saturday guy or what, but if he takes the necessary jumps, he's going to be a factor in the weekend rotation. And, and Vanderbilt probably needs him to do so. Um, the, the potential is there. Obviously, the stuff is there. Obviously, uh, it's not easy to take those necessary freshman to sophomore jumps, but he had a great uh, couple of outings in the Cape Cod Baseball League. And it seems like he's he's on his way to getting better and being a factor. Exactly how good he is certainly depends on himself. But there's a lot to like there for sure. Well, you mentioned Carter Holton and the part that you said about reserving praise for freshmen or however you'd like to put it. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but this season of the Vandy Sports Podcast is made possible by my friend, Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. And just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville, but he sees regular folks like you and I as well. And what people like about the experience is the ambiance. Someone described it to me as a tooth spa. I went in and looked at it myself. That's exactly what it is. It is a relaxing, friendly environment. So whether your dental needs are general or cosmetic, go see Jody Call him at 615-270-2322. His office is located at 55 Music Square East, not far from downtown Nashville, not far from the Vanderbilt campus. Jody is a former Vanderbilt football player, a huge booster of Commodore Athletics. His support as the title sponsor for Season 7 is the reason we are able to do this podcast. Go see Dr. Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of the Vandy Sports Podcast and tell him you heard about it here. 
I think that's true. And also, you just don't see freshmen getting opportunities the way that he got. I mean, he started the Richmond game, I believe, and then he started game one of the Black and Gold series opposite of Patrick Riley. That is not a spot that you see a freshman in often. Like even Kumar Rocker, when he pitched for the first time in the fall that I saw, that was against Oklahoma State. I believe he came in in relief. So now look, things are different, right? Some of it is your surrounding cast and maybe there are more experienced arms that you have to compete with. So nothing is in a vacuum when it comes to getting freshmen on the big stage. But it's been a little surprising given some arms that are already here that have been on campus for a year or two. To see Carter Holton get thrown in two spots like that right away, uh, that is not something you see often. Yeah, for the most part, I think I would agree with that, Chris, without like certainly going through and analyzing it from a data standpoint. But but yeah, um, obviously college baseball, baseball is so, so different than every other collegiate sport. It's just so it's so unique. It's partly why I enjoy it. Um, you know, football, there tends to be a maturation process. If you play a certain position, freshmen are you know, less likely to be impactful. And then basketball, you can have these dominant teams with freshmen. Baseball is like this weird threading of the needle where like some freshmen elevate themselves and some take a couple of years to grow. It's, you can be a dominant freshman and Kumar was, uh, Kumar was one of those guys. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you on all of that. Um, I, I think, I think it tells you something probably twofold. One, it certainly tells you that they believe that there's significant potential with Carter. Again, it doesn't make him. What's unfortunate for Carter is, and to an extent it was unfortunate for Patrick last season, is he gets to follow Kumar and he gets to follow Jack. Like, he doesn't have to hold himself to the standard of Kumar or to Jack. Carter just needs to maximize Carter. And Patrick just needs to maximize Patrick and they'll be just fine. I think from a fan standpoint, you can't, you can't just draw direct lines from from the previous season's starting pitching staff to this season's because even even Coach Corbin I think would note that guys like Jack and um, Kamar are very rare and now Vanderbilt certainly has had their share um, from Sonny Gray to Kamar and to whatever you take you take your 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 pick of the list there uh, but you can't directly compare the two so just to say that there is an intrigue. For Carter, doesn't mean they believe he's Kamar or Jack or anything. They just believe that he's he's got a lot of talent. The second part of starting him is you, you get to throw him into the fire to kind of give him early experience of what he might get to see in other situations. Um, starting a game on the road at North Carolina in a regular season situation is a weighted moment for anybody, but especially a freshman. And Carter gets to check that off in a small sense early or starting the black and gold series at Hawkins. While that's certainly not starting a Friday, Saturday or Sunday at Hawkins against insert team here. It's, it's a small thing that he gets to check off early rather than needing to do it in the regular season. Well, one thing besides that, that made me sit up in my seat with the pitching too, was seeing grace and more. He comes in first pitch is 98. He's sitting probably 95, 96 on the scoreboard with his fastball that's a big jump from last year. That kid, I'm not going to say he looked like Luke Murphy did this time a year ago, and you weren't around for that. So, I, you know, it's unfair for me to ask you to to comment on that. But um, 
I certainly thought that's one thing that I did not expect to see that just really jumped off the page. I think just kind of in a larger sense, jumping off of that, there, there's no doubt that how the pitching staff comes together is going to be a major topic of conversation um, for this Vandy boys team in 22. I think coming out of black and gold, and again, it's two games, right? So like, let's not overemphasize two games more than is necessary. Um, coming out of it though, you saw performances, whether it was Grayson, like you were talking about, or, or how about the performance by Fitrell? I, I think he, he did a really nice job on Sunday as well. Like you came out of the weekend saying, okay, we still have to figure out how the pieces come together. And coach Brown has done and coach Corbin have done masterful jobs about that throughout the years. So you, you, you certainly place your trust in your faith in those guys. Uh, but it certainly felt like there was pieces there to work with. Um, all of them have to continue to get better and refine their skills. And there's there's a ways to go in all of that stuff. But if nothing else, referencing Grayson or referencing Devin or I thought Hunter Owen threw a pretty nice game um, with a few exceptions here there. Like there's pieces out there for this staff to come together in a really nice way, despite the fact that you lose Jack Kamar. Um, you lose C.J. Rodriguez behind the plate and you lose Luke Murphy. Uh, there's still pieces there that could make this an impactful, no doubt, pitching rotation and bullpen this year. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Hunter Owen because Hunter went, what was it, three and two thirds, gave up five hits and two runs both earned. But there were a few things that stood out. First of all, he didn't walk anybody, which is a big improvement Correct. over last year. Correct. Now he did five strikeouts, did, no walks. Yeah, and and he did look. The pitch count was up there because he did miss the zone a good bit with some pitches. Like there were some high pitch count at bats in there. But to that, I'd say he wasn't. It wasn't like he was bouncing balls up there. He wasn't missing the zone by a ton. And I thought just the way he threw. If if you just saw the box score line, it probably didn't do it justice. I think four of the five hits maybe were infield singles. And I thought that he's a kid that I'd circled as a guy who needs to take a big step forward for them. And to me, it looked like he did. Yeah, so I think you could actually make an argument. Like you go back to that Sunday game and you look at the starters, whether it's Owen, whether it's Christian Little, you could make an argument if you were in the building that that Owen looked a little bit better than Christian Little, despite the fact that the box score might not feel that way. I think they were basically capping uh, the total pitches at about 70 to 75 pitches for the starters. So Owen goes three and two thirds, five hits, two runs, five strikeouts, no walks. Christian Little... Uh, in that Sunday game, I think Christian threw for the black team, technically. Uh, Christian went four innings, two hits, one run, five strikeouts, one walk. So it feels like Little's line is actually better. But I thought the overall control for for Hunter was actually a little bit better than Christian. And, and Christian had the velocity, and he's got the electric stuff. He struggled to land his secondary pitches. They tried to get him, I think, fairly consistently uh, to throw a first pitch breaking ball for a strike. And it just, it wouldn't, it wouldn't click enough for Christian. Um, but, but all of that is to say to me that, that Hunter's got certainly potential and I've been out to a few practices and scrimmages and, um, he plays with a ton of fire. Um, and I, and I will not have personal favorites on this team, Chris, I will not have personal, which, which means however. you're about to have a personal favorite. <laughs> how, how However, uh, he grew up about 20 minutes from me. So, you know, if Hunter does great things, then great. 
<laughs> exactly. I like, I like the way you are, you are you running for office, Andrew? Uh, you know what? Uh, there, there are through lines <laughs> from what I do to what others do, but, uh, <laughs> no, I just, it's, 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 it is neat for me on a personal note um, to see someone from that part of the country has success. Uh, he's from South Portland, Maine, which is about 20 minutes from where I grew up in Yarmouth, Maine. And you look, if, if he's successful, he's not the first Fanny boy um, from that state to be successful because, of course, Ryan Flaherty uh, back with, uh, I guess, 07 team was, was yeah. awfully successful as well. So um, it's, it's, you know, there's not a lot of great athletic talent that comes from the pine tree state, Chris. So when there is, you know, we all rally around those individuals. <laughs> Who is the best athlete that Maine has ever produced? Um, so it depends on like how you want to clarify and, and classify that. Uh, if you're talking about like people that have just played in the state of Maine, um, I think the name that comes to people's mouths immediately uh, is Paul Correa, who won a national championship with the Maine Black Bears hockey team. And I think 93 and certainly was very, very good in the NHL. Uh, and, and I'm not exactly sure where he's from from uh, Mike Bordick played a lot of years in yeah. the in the bigs. Uh, he played at the University of Maine, but he's from Michigan originally. Um, you know, there it's a lot of small names, and 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 I don't mean to put Ryan in the in the classification of small names because he's a very very talented athlete. Like there was there's Ryan who played here. Uh, there's a pitcher for the Giants way back when named Billy Swift. I think he's from Maine. Yeah, there was Swift a, was good. There was a there was a kid that played basketball for Maryland named Nick Canner Medley, but there's, there was a kid that was drafted and he flamed out. He, he probably was one of the top, um, just like overall athletes from the state of Maine. His name was Mark Rogers and he got drafted fourth overall by the Brewers, I think in 2004, 2005. And he never, he never panned out. Um, but there's, there ain't, there ain't many. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there are not. Oh. Oh, you know, here's here's an example, and not to to ruffle feathers with Preds fans, but Brian Dumoulin, who plays defense for the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, is from Biddeford, Maine. So there there's a few. There are a few. I think Bordick took Maine to a College World Series, if I recall. That's that's very likely accurate. Yeah. Um, outside the state oh, of Maine, know, here's, a, here's another. There's a okay. great women's basketball player by the name of Cindy Blodgett, who okay. took the Maine Black Bears to the NCAA tournament, and she finished her career as a top ten all-time scorer in women's college basketball. Like that's that's sort of what you're talking that's about. That's the level with the of, yeah. State, all of yeah, yeah, that's which, what, and she's a great player, but we're not talking about like you know face on billboards and Times Square type of athletes. Yeah, small small population too. So there's yeah. that. Um, yeah. What stood out to you on the offensive and, and fielding end? Um, I think there's a lot of great gloves out there, first and foremost. I mean, I know I'm echoing stuff that people already know, but as long as Carter Young continues to to trend in the positive direction from his health, which obviously it, it's going well if he's out there, uh, his, his glove is just so is so good at short. Um, uh, and, and I think that is reflective too, in some of, some of the young players, whether it's Gordon at second base, whether it's Diaz, some of the freshmen, I mean, you, you know what you're going to get from Enrique and center field. Um, again, I, from the, from the fielding standpoint, finding comfort and consistency behind home plate is, is certainly going to be the thing that I think they, they work through the most. And, and it's not to say that anybody is 
bad at catcher. That would be a ridiculous assertion. It's just who's going to stand out among a crowded field, whether it's Dominic Keegan, whether it's Jack Bolger, whether it's Alan Espinal. They're, they're all very good catchers. It's just who's going who's gonna to give the team the best chance to win. And if one of those guys isn't going to catch, how do they impact the team? Um, because certainly Dominic and Jack and Alan can all impact the team positively, however they work that out. Um, offensively, I mean, there's there's a level of reassurance, I think, having Dominic Keegan back in this lineup, uh, one of, if not the better offensive pro, uh, prospects. Um, I'll be curious to see Enrique's development, um, uh, not, not to say that he's got massive gaps in his game, uh, but, you know, can he... He's not going to hit a bunch of home runs, but can he be this like gap to gap guy that's that's picking up doubles and triples fairly consistently would be an intriguing thing. And then guys like take Parker Nolan, if they stay healthy, like that's. There's a lot of positive jumps like Tate is just a is a great offensive player, and if he can stay healthy, he's going to make an impact all season. Uh, and, and Parker Nolan from, again, just talking to a few folks has, has taken some nice strides, uh, in, in the off season and can be a, a consistent impact bat in that lineup. So there's a lot to like, it, it's just, you know, it's Van, Vanny boy fans have been doing this for, for so long. It, it's, it's, there's so much talent out there. You know, the, the question in the back of your mind as you start the season and, and candidly, it's, it's a little unfair is like, Oh, can we win the national championship? Well, probably, I, I don't see why they, they couldn't, but so much of it has to do with how the season unfolds and what do other teams look like? How does, how does Mississippi state reload? How does the rest of the sec reload? So I, I'm not trying to like project down the road, but it, but it obviously looks like a very competitive squad, um, regardless of, of where on the field you look and exactly how good it becomes is I guess up to the players and, and their ability to take strides. Last thing before I've got to go, I've got a media availability with Tim Corbin here in about five yeah, a minutes. Far, a far more significant one. So I've got <laughs> right. <the clock. laughs> now this this has been good. Um, let's let's uh-huh. not let's not detract from that. Um, Thank you, <laughs> Troy Laneve. I mean, he's a kid that you're looking and going. Okay, they got to find a spot for him. I don't know that it's left. Certainly, it's not center. Wright's been speculated because of his arm, but I have a feeling that's going to belong to Spencer Jones. So we saw him a lot at first. I, I didn't really note anything good or bad about his defense either way, and that's what happens a lot of times when you play first. But he did hit the tar out of the ball, and that makes me think, not that I didn't think it going into the scrimmages, but the, the way he hit the ball, I have to think he's going to be in there somewhere. Well, you would think so. And certainly going opposite field for a home run is is interesting. Brooks made the point that that Troy's spray charts kind of often look like, well, if he's going to go on the ground or on a line drive, he's going to stay to the right side of the field as a left handed hitter. If he hits with power, just like that Kentucky walk off, he's going to go opposite field, which is kind of interesting. I, I guess from an offensive standpoint, the development is can he get consistent spray uh, across the field. Um, and if people are going to put the shift on, which he was challenged with, can he consistently hit it on the ground or on a line to the left side of the field and and hit against the shift? So that, that would be the growth point, I guess. Uh, I'm sure there's more in there that the coaches know that I don't know, obviously, but that would be the growth development point for Troy. Um, but I know, I know the phrase from coach Corbin always goes defense gets you on the field. Offense keeps you on the field. So, um, 
you know, he obviously has enough of both to, to give himself a real good look. Uh, but, but I'm with you. There's obviously intangibles there, uh, despite the fact that he's decided to get rid of his mustache. Which is a shame for all of us. <laughs> Don't you know it, or, or, or not. <laughs> but anyway, hey, Andrew, thank you for, for your time today. Hate to rush, uh, but I've, I've got to get off to the... Um, the Zoom uh, no, call no, with Tim. Go talk, no, you go talk to the two-time national champion. <laughs> well, but before we do, tell folks quickly what's on tap for the broadcast this weekend for the football game. One quick plug that I'll say, and then I'm going to jump off, is uh, I think uh, coming up shortly we're going to put out a podcast where Norman Jordan uh, talks with Whit Taylor. And, and I thought that was – we just finished recording it, and I thought it was a fun conversation. One, because those guys can, can throw jabs back and forth at each other. Uh, but there's some good context and stories about those early 80 teams and especially about the growth process and transition they went through from one coach to another. So I, I thought putting those two guys and two really good friends together and let them chat about football was really fun. So check that out on the Anchor Podcast, Apple, Spotify, and it's on the VU Commodore's Facebook page as well. Andrew, thanks for joining us. We'll see you again in two weeks. Talk soon, Chris. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We thank our presenting sponsor, Jody Jones DDS. We thank our other sponsors, Sutherland and Belk and MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, and that's how we make this work, please email me at chrislee70 at gmail.com. We also ask that you subscribe to our website, vandysports.com. That is $99 a year. You get things there that you don't get here. And, of course, please rate, review, and subscribe where you see our podcast. That helps us get noticed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at vandysports.com. Follow me at chrislee70. And finally, subscribe to our Vandy Sports YouTube channel as well. Thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast, which is part of the 440 Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. We'll catch you with another episode coming very soon.